Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The sport is just going to die if they don't break the designated hitter to the National League. We got fresh frozen <laughs> strawberry margaritas, and Terry's bringing us chips and salsa all night long. Nick's hips do not lie. <laughs> Yeah, I got a MF wagon. Like, <laughs> let's be real. The Washington Nationals are the world champions. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat. You can find them wherever your podcasts are downloaded or sold. With me, as always, is Ray Knight. Uh, Johnny, I think this is going to be a great episode. I do. They're going to talk baseball, Johnny, and the baseball is the reason they talk and what they talk about. I think that's important to talk about baseball. And if you're a baseball podcast, you're going to end up talking lots of baseball. Well, that's awesome. Thank you very much, Johnny and Ray. Bob Carpenter with you here. And now, let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Half Street High Heat. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you, as always. I'm joined by my vaticinatory co-hosts, Nick and Ryan. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, all of our individual accounts, of course, and make sure you follow the show at Half Street High Heat for all the latest news, announcements, polls, and fun stuff. Um, and don't forget to check out the website at uh, www.halfstreethighheat.com. There's uh, always new content out there. Today we had a new article about how Juan Soto is the best hitter in baseball, which you all already know. Um, there's always updated daily, lots of outtakes, articles, lots more. And don't forget to check out the YouTube channel, The Rundown with Half Street High Heat, which should have a new video coming up there pretty soon. And uh, hi, guys. How's it going? I'm pretty sure that word you just said is made up. It's All not words are made, made up. up. All you words just, are made up. You know what? That's it, an excellent it is, point, like, is like time. Um, I'm pretty sure that was like a dinosaur mating call. Vaticinatory. Oh, and it's yeah. actually more aimed at you this time, Ryan, than it is at Nick. Oh, so it's a compliment. It is. Well, it's kind of just a comment as opposed to a compliment or an insult. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. How do you, how do you spell this made-up word? That's a dinosaur. Um, you could look. <laughs> V-A-T-I-C-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. You could probably find. Vaticination. And vaticinatory is the adjective form. She called me a prophecy. My I, God. I called you a prophet. We're talking about. Prophet. We're talking about. We know um, what we're talking about. Yeah, the whatever. 2021 
NL MVP. You Trey called Turner. me a prophet, not a false prophet. You can idolize me. I am a real prophet. <laughs> so you're someone who engages in the act of prophesying. <laughs> like, yes, all right, welcome. real talk. This is all fun right now, and I'm happy to like you know play into it. But at one point in the not no not so distant future, Ryan's ego is going to get too big for this podcast with all the Shack merch and <laughs> the prophecy yeah, our- and. Like, we're going to have to make some decisions here. <laughs> I would just like to get a little my, bit of, of, could you give me some props? You told me I made up that word, and that is, in fact, a real word. Um, I mean, our top-selling shirt are all the Shaq shirts. So like, I mean, we're on, ignoring that and anymore. just going back to talk about my merch. That's all I just <laughs> Yeah, the merch I created, but, you know, no big deal. <laughs> I don't yeah. I create this podcast. <laughs> Anyways... So how are you guys doing? How was your how was your almost week? Five days since we talked last. Awful, awful. Oh, Why? So I like just remember this because um, I was still like having PTSD from it from the last time we recorded. Um, I went to the dentist. Oh no! Last week, you poor thing. Um, oh my god! It was a, it was the first time They're since. A scam. It's like my my six month cleanup was supposed to be in June last year, and I was like, I'm not gonna go take my mask off and have them violate me. So like, I just put it off, and then they t- kept texting me. I was like, no. So I ignored them for almost a year, and then they kept bothering me, and then they started calling me, and I'm like, don't call me. I don't answer my phone. Um, so I was like, whatever. You know what? I'm gonna make an appointment. I'm gonna go to the dentist. I hate my dentist. Everyone hates a dentist, but my dentist is a bully, right? Anytime I go, it legit feels like she is beating me up. She is so freaking rough. It makes no sense. Yeah. So I'm in there. Why don't you him- get a different dentist? Okay, that's a that's a lot of work. <laughs> Good dentists are hard to come by. They well, it doesn't sound like I, you I have tried. one of those. I have tried. Don't. <laughs> so she's keep in mind, this is a normal teeth cleaning, right? Not that hard. Um, when I left my jaw hurt really badly and so did my teeth oh, i'm like no. ah maybe it's just because like i don't know maybe it's because like i haven't had my mouth open that long i don't know um and then i'm like going out like at night when i brush my teeth it hurts bad i start bleeding I'm like why is my mouth bleeding my mouth never bleeds when i when i brush my teeth she cut my gum in two separate places she cut my gums twice so now i have to use a special mouthwash which sucks because it's not my normal one this one's terrible because i have to like not try to get an infection. Um, my jaw still hurts, and one of my teeth hurts really badly. So I think she like punched me in the face a couple of times, and I'm really tempted. Sue, Sue, Sue. <laughs> I I want to sue so badly, but like I'm really tempted to get someone to find me a new dentist because it's so much work. So if anyone it's listening, not that much work. Okay, to find Amanda, you a new Amanda, dentist. Here's what you need no, to do. To, but to find a call my dentist. dentist. I will give you the info for a good dentist. It's not even all the way out I'm here. In Loudoun County, no, it's in Loudoun County, and they are fantastic. Oh, oh, great! So I get to drive an hour. It's so not no. an hour from Fairfax County to Loudoun County. Here, yes, here's it what is. you do. No, it's here, not. Here's what you yes. do, okay? Amanda, you're gonna call my dentist, request my dental records and my X-ray, and send it to those people for me. All you have to do is call the new dentist and give them the info for the old dentist, and they will request the records. All Hi, you have to I'm do the is... assistant for uh, for Ryan uh, DC Natcha. Can you please fax over his records? Okay, a couple of things. One is I am most assuredly not Ryan's assistant. <laughs> Well, you know. Second of all. You're you're my intern. Intern. (laughs) Unpaid intern. Unpaid intern. (laughs) Anyway, we'll take this offline, but I know a great dentist you should call. They're fantastic. And they're not that far from you. But I'm sorry you had a bad dental experience. That absolutely sucks. 
Ryan, if you were to drive to Loudoun County right now, how long would it take you? 45 minutes. From yeah. Alexandria. 45 yeah. minutes to an hour. Yeah. Yeah. No, it just Yes, it does. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, if you're going to, like, the western edge of Loudoun County, maybe. But I can get from Winchester to D.C. in an hour and 15 minutes. It is not 45 minutes from Loudoun County to get to Alexandria. You're you're going, like, with the the wind. What's the start? What's the closest? With the wind. (laughs) With the wind. (laughs) Damn it, that was funny. What's the closest city? Hold on. Uh, I just Googled it. What's the eastern part of Loudoun County? Loudoun County. Okay, Sterling. Okay, Loudoun. Okay, That's an hour with traffic. Easily. Easily. From Sterling to Alexandria. From yes. where I live right now, it is a 45-minute drive. Go ahead and at, give your address. At 10 right. o'clock at night. <laughs> yes. We're gonna, he's going to dox himself right now. Oh. I mean, I've been doxed on Call of Duty so many times, so it's fine. <laughs> well, that does sound fun. Yeah, anyway, you got to find a better dentist. Whether you find your own or somebody finds them for you, you shouldn't go to somebody. It's, it's like a good awful. vet. They don't exist. Facts. <laughs> Absolute facts. You either get a cheap vet or you get a really good vet that's expensive. There's no in between. Or you get a really expensive vet and they suck. So. Yeah, that's the more likely scenario probably. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. All right. According to my maps here, it says it is 33 minutes. Where the hell are you driving to? From Alexandria to Sterling. There's Ryan just looked it up. Okay, what did it say? It said 45 minutes. It right did now. not. You're missing yes, it that. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. I will, right. I will send it to you right now. All right. Nobody cares. This is not scintillating uh, podcasting. So no, I'm not letting this go. You don't know who you're talking to. <laughs> yes, I do. I know how stubborn you are. Why don't you tell us about your week? Did it involve bad dental work? No, thank God. But I, I do need to go to the dentist, something fierce. But it was... I hate going to the dentist. And yes, Ryan's right. People hate going to the dentist, but I despise it. I will venture to say I hate going to the dentist almost as much as anyone. So I was putting it off even before the pandemic. And then the pandemic hit, and I sure as now hell you was have, not going. Now you have an excuse. So I am very, very far behind, and I will admit it. It is like I, I take pretty good care of my teeth, but like your teeth need to be clean. Like that's just a fact of the matter dentists are a scam but your teeth need to be clean so i am way far behind the curve um but i'm not i'm on vacation right now so i'm not going to the dentist um it's just hot as hell down here you know that sounds like a problem i would like to have i'm still standing still standing but it's a little humid it was up to 90 degrees today um and you know the the garage studio i'm currently in doesn't get much airflow so i'm standing but i'm sweating so i am now considering this a workout because I am perspiring. So you know, I have the workout timer, my Apple Watch going right now, and we're going for some, some PRs today. So I like it. I'll allow it. Yep. So, yeah, I've gone to the dentist on my normal schedule. I've been twice since the pandemic started. I don't well, – nobody your, likes the No, in your family, you probably do your all your own dental work. So Yeah, yeah, that's a little bit beyond my purview. But I don't know. I don't mind. I mean, I, nobody likes the dentist, but, like, I don't have a big issue going to the dentist. Okay, it's 30 miles from my house to to Sterling. So if you put it in, like, not at 10 o'clock at night, it's easily over an hour. All right, 30 miles to get an hour? You are. I suppose it depends on it where. It takes you. me an hour. Pre-COVID, it took me an hour to get to work every single day, and that was, like, a 12-mile drive, if that. You are vastly underestimating what this traffic. Well, like I don't know there. where you live in Alexandria, so. Well, first of all, I, I live neither of us part. live in Alexandria. Yeah, this no. is true. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, I thought that's where you were coming from. Anyway, seems like not that important. Anyway, if finding a good dentist is important, then maybe you could drive a little bit. Or <laughs> you could just whine about your bad dentist. You, please call 1-800-HALF-FREED-HIGH-HEAT. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, I uh, yeah. So I've been to the dentist, and it's it, they're very careful. They're very – all of their um, – their COVID protocols are pretty strict, but this might be the worst show opening we've ever had. Yeah, this one's bad. <laughs> this one's bad. Maybe we should talk about baseball. Oh, yeah, of all the things we could have talked about, dentists would not have been. Dentists would not list. have been high on the list, probably. <laughs> so yeah, I had a terrible week. It's been super busy. It still is. It's boring. Let's talk about baseball. Let's do it. Ryan, spring training games have sprung. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a pun? No, unless you're, oh, my goodness. <laughs> unless you're a Nats fan, you've been able to watch your team play on television. Optimism is a plenty as the players who have tested positive so far is incredibly low in the reporting to camp testing, which is a fantastic sign. And games are having some fans in there. Granted, there's no big uh, open fields and hills in Major League Stadiums, but it is still encouraging to see some social distance crowds happening to start the season. The Mets intend to begin contract extension talks with several key players this spring. The, the excuse me, uh, the <laughs> <laughs> sorry, the players that were mentioned are Michael Conforto, Francisco Lindor, and Noah Syndergaard. Those have been named the focus. Sandy Alderson also said that the Mets heavily pursued Trevor Bauer and are very happy with their roster. And when he was asked if they dodged a bullet, he mentioned Bauer's social media behavior, and he mentioned again how happy he is with the roster. You pick up what he's playing down right there? He's pretty happy to sign Bauer. After being banned in 2020 in the wake of the Astros scandal, MLB has cleared in-game video for players, meaning in-game dugout iPads are back and will return on opening day. MLB is in a, quote, interesting situation as their non-competitive behavior is out on record with the Marlins situation. And some in the front office are terrified that the nuclear option of a player strike is a possibility. This bodes extremely well for the players in the CBA negotiations and shows again how all the momentum and leverage is on the player's side. Juan Soto fouled the ball off his ankle today, and he did not play in his first scheduled spring training game. We'll pick this up in three weeks when he still has not returned. Dave Martinez <laughs> notes how Robles is much slimmer and more towards his 2019 weight. This has been your week review brought to you in part by your local neighborhood Chili's. Make sure you stop on in or order pickup and get yourself a nice three for $10 special. That's right, a drink, an appetizer, an entree, just for $10. This has been your Week in Review. Did you mean, uh, I'm genuinely asking, did you mean the Mariners' non-competitiveness? Uh, yeah. Go okay, because okay, you said yeah. Marlins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, we'll deal with it. In your defense, they both start with an MA, so they're practically, but, or MAR, you know, really. Pr prior to last year, you could have, you know, knocked the Marlins for non-competitiveness, too, so it wasn't, like, you know, completely absurd or anything. Um, I can't remember. Oh, the the Mets. So I wish they signed Trevor Bauer. I wish. Like, yeah, it sounds a little backwards because I do believe Trevor Bauer is a good pitcher. Like, good enough to, you know, give you pause when he's added to a division rivals rotation. Just because I would have loved to see, you know, oh, the, the drama. The drama. And I get, like, a lot of the drama we've seen with Bauer and, like, Syndergaard and Stroman is due to the fact that he kind of spurned the Mets in the way he signed. But you you had to have, like, 
there had to have been Twitter drama regardless, you know, knowing Trevor Bauer and the way he is on social media. So I would, I feel like we got a little deprived from it. So I'm hoping someone else on the Mets steps up and kind of fills that role for us. <laughs> Provides the entertainment. Yeah. It would have been entertaining. It would have not been real fun to face Trevor Bauer, you know, all the games we would have to play him this season. However, um, it would have kept our keeping up with the Mets segment fresh. So we can mourn that. It'll still stay fresh. It's the Mets. It's the Mets. They're going to Mets. You're just going to do it. That they are. Yeah. So um, two spring training games in the books for the Nats. Um, had a bullpen collapse today. So that was fun. Mid-season form, right? Mid-season <laughs> form. But they had a back-to-back-to-back homers. It was... Uh, who did we have? It was Zimmerman and I'm forgetting who the first, who was it before Zimmerman? Jay Hay, Zimmerman and Yadiel yes. Hernandez. Yes. So back to back to back was fun. And Zimmerman, of course, in his first, first game back after almost a year, I think it was 356 days was the number. So. Can't wait for all these Nats fans to say this is their, you know, one of the highlights of the season was the back to back to back in spring training. Yeah, and I've already heard a bunch of people going, Zimmerman's going to have a monster year. And I'm like, I, I hope you're right, and maybe he is. But I, I don't know that I'm ready to base it off of this one game. <laughs> I love spring training reactions. They're the funniest thing in the world because it's based off absolutely nothing. And speaking of spring training reactions. That was a good segue. Nice work. Thank you. After <laughs> each game this week, we asked for your all's reactions slash overreactions to what you all witnessed on the online streams or through the radio, whichever way you got the games. And we have some pretty good ones. So we're just going to read off your all's overreactions and just say if it's overreaction or if it's not, or just laugh because some of these are pretty funny. Who's ready? Because I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So our first one comes from Shani the third, who says, fire everyone. We are wasting Max's last year here. That is fact. (laughs) You should always fire everyone after spring training. I respect it. I, I love this. You know, I mean, some of these might have been like feeding into it, but we're just going to take it for what it is. And I, I love this take. And hot, hot, hot take, it's not entirely wrong. No, not entirely wrong. Well, I, I feel like there's no way unless they go win another World Series that people aren't going to say we wasted Max's last year here. So I suppose that possibility still exists, and it's spring training, so we can all pretend that we're gonna but even, win the World Series this year. Even if we are an above five hundred team, whether we make the playoffs or not, okay. But you know, take a deep playoff run out of it. This the season was a waste without a major addition to the the team. Like we made good additions. Don't get me wrong. We all gave the Nats a B this off season, but without that one big one. It wasn't, it literally, that's the definition of wasting a prime year. Unless, and I'll say this, unless it all works out, we've talked a lot about how they're, they're counting on bounce back years and healthy, you know, health from the starting rotation and all of that. No, no, no. If all the stars align and that happens, then I guess that's what I'm saying. If that happens, if that situation you just said happens, and like I said, in this hypothetical, you, you take a deep playoff run out of it. They did waste it because you could have, you had all the right pieces in place that made you successful in 2019. You just, you were missing the Rendon aspect of that team that won the World Series that you didn't go get. And yet Rendon's don't grow on trees, but there's plenty <laughs> of viable options to supplement some offense production, whether it be uh, an Arenado, a Chris Bryant, uh, even Justin Suarez, Turner. Justin Turner. Like you could have, you know, filled that hole a little bit, but you know that that's getting ahead of ourselves here. 
All right. Moving on. Moving on. Our next one comes from Orthoheel1, who says, Bullpen, excellent. Cut Clough. Start Mendoza at first. In his defense, this was tweeted before the ninth inning of the first game because the bullpen blew leads in the ninth inning for both games. Yeah. Um, Clough was the guy at short who made the error, right? Yeah, who I've never heard of. We'll probably never hear yeah, his name seriously. again. <laughs> yeah, there, like, there was a lot of talk on Clough. Like, Clough's just someone we don't need to talk about. Like, he made an unfortunate error and probably cost him a shot at the team. Also, this is the worst play any shortstop has ever made between these two teams ever. I will <laughs> never think of anything else. <laughs> yeah, and the bullpen excellent was, this was before the end of game one when this one came in. It's just <laughs> because the bullpen, as you said, blew leads in both games so far. But the good news is those are people who are not going to be on the team. Exactly. So. Growing to people who aren't going to be on the opposite team. And we've solved our first base problem with the addition of Drew Mendoza this year. So, Amen. (laughs) Amen. Problem solved. All right. Our next one comes from X Kifa X, who says Josh Bell and Kevin Long need to get to work on getting that loop out of a swing. This is not overreaction. This is absolute fact. I watched video of his swing and my instant reaction was, ugh. Josh Bell has the longest swing I've ever seen in my life, and he worked on this offseason, which made it long. In case you don't know, that means he's either going to hit a 500-foot home run or he's going to strike out. If anyone's throwing heat on the inside with a long swing, you're not going to be able to get to it consistently because you're going to be late on it. As a lefty, you get pitched inside a lot more. That's going to be an issue, especially when they realize that, oh, you know, this guy's a long swing. There's some fantastic pitchers in this division. They're going to exploit that like mad. That has me a little worried. But again, Josh Bell tweaks his swing all the time. So hopefully they can work on that and shorten up that man's swing. Yeah, they definitely need to. This was a problem with Daniel Murphy. And I saw OPT made the Daniel Murphy, Kyle Schubert comp, mm-hmm. which is something we can talk about later. But this is something Daniel Murphy was notorious for until... Um, Sorry, I don't know if you can hear my doctor barking in the background, but um, this is something Daniel Murphy was notorious for until he started working with Kevin Long. And, you know, that's Kevin Long's like crown jewel is he gets to claim, you know, the success of Daniel Murphy. So Josh Bell has a similar problem. And one, you know, addition to what Ryan said with a problem with a long swing is it also makes you super susceptible to swing over to swing through off speed pitches. You are not going to get your timing right when your swing is that long. If you look at uh, Derek Jeter, one of the you know best hitters of all time as far as contact, he was famous for that inside-out swing. That's because his swing was short, and he got his hands to the baseball quicker, and that's literally the exact opposite of what Josh Bell is doing. Josh Bell is succeeding in spite of his swing right now, and if he can get that swing on par with his talent, we're in for a huge year from him, but it's going to take a lot of tinkering and a lot of, you know, repetition and consistency to get him to that point. So it's just something to monitor, but I agree with Ryan. It's not an overreaction at all. Yeah. I'm uh, going to resist the temptation to make a Kevin long and short swing joke here and, and just talk about Josh Bell. Um, Although I that did... would have been good. I would have given you that one. Oh, thanks. Thanks. A lot of talk about short swings and Kevin long. So there's a joke in there somewhere. Anyway, um, I saw somebody, and I cannot remember who it was on Twitter, so I apologize to whomever I'm quoting without attribution here, but um, somebody had talked about the length of his swing when he had such a great first half of 2019, and it's considerably longer now. So whatever um, adjustments he's made have not been for the better. 
And uh, it may explain a lot about why he's, you know, not been able to repeat his success. So I'm hoping that, like you said, you know, Kevin Long helped Daniel Murphy when he was with the Mets to, to fix that swing and really turn him from a mediocre hitter into one of the best hitters in baseball for the amount of time that he was really able to sustain it. So I'm hoping that maybe he can do something similar for Josh Bell. And it, as you mentioned, he's got all the talent in the world. If, if they can fix that swing and get him quicker to the baseball, like he, his upside this year is, is enormous. Yeah. And one final note on this. So I saw a few tweets about like the loop in a swing and I don't know who was first, <laughs> but they said it on the broadcast too. So it, it's just funny to me when I see all these people claiming they saw this thing in a swing and he needs to do this, this, and this, and this, when really they were just copying someone else's tape. Right. Yeah. So the Cardinals, the Cardinals um, commentator like said something about after his first swing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I mean, uh, I, I'm all for it, but like if everyone knows where it came from, don't try to pass it off on your own. So no, no, own. people do do that all the time. And can we just talk about? Did <laughs> you, you listen doo-doo. to the radio? Do do. Um, did you guys listen to the radio broadcast at all, or did you just watch? The sure didn't. Sure did not. One? So I, I was in the car that. working, which I usually am on the weekend. So I was listening to the Cardinals broadcast, and holy God, is their radio broadcast team dreadful? Like just. Even just listening to the Astros one today was vastly an improvement over the Cardinals radio broadcast, but I couldn't believe how bad it was. Anyway, just a, just a, the guy sounded kind of really out of it. He was not in midseason form. Or maybe he was. I don't know what his midseason form is like, but it was very, very bad. It made me appreciate David That was a, a funny so uh, Angel Hernandez joke, though, that yes. the, the color guy made. Yeah, yeah, they were talking trash about Angel Hernandez. So that was fun. And then they started trying it on hell and they were just, it was funny. Yeah. It was funny. And you know, baseball's back when Angel Hernandez is trending on Twitter. Yep. Start of every season, mm-hmm. every league new year. Nature is healing. <laughs> All right. What's next, Ryan? All right. Our next one comes from our homie at, at Nat's post. He says, bullpen blows the league question mark. Yup. Worst pin in Nat's history. This one's just facts. <laughs> Not an overreaction at all. <laughs> I do. I am being optimistic, but I do want to point out that we need to talk about the flip side of these bounce back candidates that Daniel Hudson could regress even more. Will Harris could have another injury prone season. Uh, Brad Hand's regre- regression could result in worse numbers. And those are a big three. So, you know, you, you take away any one of those, this this bullpen's looking a little bit different. Take away two of those, this bullpen's looking a lot different. So just saying, you know, it's something we have to be wary of, although they haven't really pitched yet, but just something to... to just play. saying we're doomed, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Basically. All, all right, right. What's next? moving on to our next one at... Power Boater 69. Nice. I turned out after the Nats stranded the three on base in the first with <laughs> one out. Um, I'm so famous for this move. Damn it. I'm turning this game off. <laughs> I like saw like people complain about what happened and it was really weird. But on the flip side of this, the Cardinals inning like just ended in the first because Fetty was at his pitch count. I think there was like one out also and they had two on. Spring training sucks. That's my little rant there. That's what I'm going to say because that's just funny. Uh, yeah, the Nats stranded bases loaded all the time. They're probably going to keep doing it all year long. Yeah, yeah but you, can, the, you can go ahead and get used to that. <laughs> they stranded it because of the pitch count, right? 
I thought it was I thought it was Fetty's, not the Cardinals. The, the way this ended, like it was like a called strike three, and then Turner got like tagged out. I think. Oh, oh, I didn't see that. I thought the I guess <laughs> I kind of combined the two. I thought it was because Flaherty was at his pitch count, so the inning just ended with the bases loaded. <laughs> so I thought it was I, I was laughing so hard at this because I thought he was mad that the Nats stranded the bases loaded when, uh, the, inning, <laughs> when the inning got canceled because of a a pitch a pitch count, count issue. Yeah, I do this all the time during the season when I get pissed off when the Nets do something awful, like stranding the bases loaded, and I'll turn on HGTV or something for like you know well, ninety seconds, and then I switch it back. Like, I mean, some it, of I'm us not watching this anymore. Some of us can't even watch the games, Amanda. So think about us less fortunate. I will not. <laughs> you can you can pay for the overpriced <laughs> ass cable. I only have, and I this is why I hate Masson so much because I only have cable because of Masson. Like I would not even pay for cable if it weren't for the fact that I want to watch baseball. And now Masson's not even. I mean, they have only Bob and FP. That's going to be the only analysis I get. That, on. that was not the good part of Masson. No. So anyway, I'm uh, I'm super pissed about it. But I keep thinking like somebody's going to do something and it's going to change, or Masson's going to be like, we can't possibly only have two employees covering an entire major league franchise. That's crazy. But here we go, and nothing seems to be changing. So I guess we'll see. All right, and then our last one comes from at Nats 8 Ball, who said Feddy 2020, sorry, yeah, Feddy 2021, Cy Young winner. That mm-hmm. included a picture of the Magic 8 Ball that said yes. So you heard it here, folks. Eric Feddy's going to win the 2021 Cy Young Award. Mm-hmm. And Trey with the MVP, like the Nats are, the Nats are coming for you. You guys better watch out, rest of the National All League. that just to miss the playoffs. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if the innings in the regular season are able to end due to pitch count, then Eric Fetty is set up beautifully. So maybe. I see what you did there. Thank you. (laughs) All right, moving on. Nick, would you share a message from our sponsor? Absolutely. Fellas, unlike the dentist, cleaning your balls can be easy. Go to Manscaped. Go use promo code HSHH20. Buy yourself a lawnmower. Take care of your junk. There's no reason not to. You know, with, with the dentist, it, it's uncomfortable. It stinks. You just want to put it off. You know, they say once every six months, but we don't even want to do that. I get it. But you should not go six months or more without cleaning yourself up down there. And Manscaped makes it easy. Go to manscaped.com. Use promo code HSHH20. Clean yourself up. Make yourself smell nice, too, with some ball toner, some ball deodorant, and their nice refined cologne has you smelling all gentlemanly and whatnot. I highly recommend it. I've said this before. I'm not going to sit here and promote products that I don't use and I don't like myself. I use them basically every day. It's awesome. Can't recommend them enough. And plus, when you have 20% off for free shipping, that makes you more likely to buy. So please go do that. Speaking of sales... Half Street High Heat store is still on sale. I believe tomorrow is the last day. So if you're listening to this on release day, go check out the store. It won't be the last time it's on sale, but if there's anything you like, especially that sweet-ass spring training shirt that just dropped, go to the store. You get up to 35% off your order. Please go check it out. You get shirts, hoodies, onesies, laptop cases, masks, stickers, uh, notebooks. I mean, literally, if you want it, more than likely we have it. So please go check us out. Help us out. Support your best friend, Half Shade High Heat. Please do it. 
Listen to the man. He gives good advice. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our NL West preview, which is the uh, division we're going to handle tonight. We did the AL West last time, and we're going to do NL West tonight, um, starting with the Dodgers. So I know you all have thoughts. Yeah. Um, the Dodgers. Like, it, it's it's annoying talking about them. I know. Basically. I feel the like, same way. I'm like, oh, the Dodgers. They've responded to their, you know, championship efforts with an even better offseason and putting themselves in, in, in an even better position than they were in 2020. It's like, what a concept. Like, I understand the Nets Can had do that? huge, <laughs> huge decisions to make with both Strauss and Rendon and free agents, an older team, you know, lots of holes to fill, not much depth to replace them. I understand that. But there's literally no reason they couldn't have taken the Dodgers route. You cannot convince me otherwise. Every team in baseball, especially the learners being some of the richest owners in baseball, can do what the Dodgers did. Everyone's looking at the Dodgers and saying, oh, well, they buy their team, da-da-da-da-da, which actually isn't true if you look at how their team's broken up. Mainly it's based on trades and actually prospects, but the Dodgers are not the only team able to buy, like, buy their players. Look at the offseason the Padres just had. Literally, the Red Sox have done it. The Yankees have done it. All these teams are able to do it. It's just a matter of the owners willing to do it or not. And the learners do just enough to where you can't complain too much, but not enough to where you can be happy and overly satisfied with the results. So I look at the Dodgers, and, you know, I applaud them. Like, I understand you know, it's not easy and you really shouldn't root for the team that just won the title unless it's your own. But I, I love it. You know, they won a title and they're not they're not satisfied. They're trying to get another one. So I love it. I fully expect them to be at the top of the NL or uh, NL West and NL and in NL. general. <laughs> so uh, I, I think it's awesome. What's your uh, win prediction? Uh. Honestly, probably like 105. Mm -hmm. That's right in line with where I was. Ryan, what you got? Yeah, the Dodgers are so good. Like, they literally entered the offseason with one weakness. Now it's third base because Justin Turner was a free agent. They resigned him after they added Bauer. They won last year, and they want to win again. They still have a top, one of the best farm systems in baseball. They pump out young talent. They pump out NL rookie of years like no one else. They're young. They're deep and they're stacked, they're going to be a threat this year. Sorry, excuse me. They are going to be the threat this year. They are the team to be in the NL. They are fantastic. They're the team to be in baseball, and I can honestly see like 108 wins for them this year. Yeah, I was going to go like 105, but if you told me 107, 108, I, it wouldn't bat an eye. I would believe it. Especially with they're the just, division with the Rockies and Giants. Right. They're going to have so many sort of easy wins in that division that they're going to be able to really rack up that that win total. But, Who's you know, they good? just didn't. They they signed Bauer, which is, of course, a massive addition to what was already a really good rotation. And, I mean, what did they lose? I mean, Jock Peterson? <laughs> I mean, there are a few other players. But, you know, Jock Peterson, you know, he's a good player, but he can be replaced. And I don't know. I uh, I just don't know that there's much to say about the Dodgers. They're going to win the most likely going to win the national league and you know very good shot of being the ones who win a back-to-back -back title which is a very hard thing to do and they're how far above 
the luxury tax, people do act like they have a two hundred fifty million dollar payroll. And what's the luxury tax threshold this year? Like two hundred five. Uh, yeah, like two or two. Yeah, so they just like blew that. past the threshold. I mean, they had a three hundred million dollar payroll a couple years ago. Like that, it doesn't matter. They're an LA team. Like, right, and there is something to that that they, you know, they have the revenue to support the kind of spending that they I mean, do. It's shared revenue, and they haven't had yeah. fans. So some of it is shared, and I just feel like if you have a, an owner that's willing to take on the tax that you're going to pay if you go past it. And honestly, it's just not that much. Like I know it's other people's money and it's easy to say it's not that much, but in this, the grand scheme of things, when you, if you took the money you make for winning a world series, all that extra revenue, it probably offsets anything you'd pay in the luxury tax anyway. And right. I can't stand it when people act like the luxury tax threshold is a salary cap. It isn't, it's not a salary cap. Teams can go past it anytime they want. So yeah, kudos to the Dodgers. I can't stand them. I loathe them actively, but you can't help but respect what they're trying to do. It's also terrible that there's like, like you said, it's not a hard cap, but there's like a, what's the opposite of an incentive? Like Disincentive? Disincentive to spending money, but no disincentive to not spending money. Right. You can you can have a twenty six million dollar payroll, but if you're one million dollar over what their arbitrary number is, then mm -hmm. you get you get penalized. Makes no sense. And if people will say, and there's a good argument to it that you can't have a salary floor without a salary cap. So I would be fine if they just had a a payroll tax in the opposite direction. If you don't spend X dollars, you have to pay a huge penalty. I think it makes a ton of sense. Yeah, it's I just the, the same thing at the other end of the spectrum. And so you say, okay, well, you don't want to spend more than X dollars. Well, here's an extra $15 million penalty. So you might as well spend that $15 million on players and get more butts in the seats of your stadium. Yep. Agreed. Anyways. Okay. So we all agree that the Dodgers are going to kick everyone's asses. Let's talk about the Padres, who would be the only team out there going to give them any kind of uh, run for their money. <clears throat> yeah, so the Padres entered the offseason after making the playoffs for the first time in 14 years. Um, they felt like they had a less daunting task ahead of them in the offseason, so much so that general manager A.J. Preller said, I don't think there are any glaring holes that we see. The biggest part of the last few years, and really the last few months, was about building something that we felt was sustainable. We go into this offseason with a team. There's not one specific area that we need to address. Their biggest issues were relief pitching, and starting pitching depth. They added minor pieces to the bullpen, and their bullpen is still going to be their biggest question mark, as well as the back end of their lineup. But they went out and they addressed their starting pitching depth in a big way. Last year, we saw Mike Clevenger get hurt, and the rotation was basically shot. They realized when he got hurt, they were done. So they went out, and they traded for Blake Snell. They traded for Hugh Darvish. They traded for Joe Musgrove. They add those to a lineup that is going to have Denilson Lamette, uh, Chris Paddock as well, and they also have some fantastic young players and good relief in Mackenzie Gore and Ryan Weathers. They have a fantastic rotation. That is going to be one of the strengths of this team. Put that with a young and exciting lineup. They have a very good team on paper. Now, teams that win the offseason don't always work out. There's something about spending a lot of money and going out that doesn't work. The funny thing is, this is my favorite fact. The Padres have never finished above 16th in attendance in their career. They have an $800 million left side in the infield. But they do have a fantastic team. They solidify their bench. 
with that rotation and a very, very weak NL West when you don't name the Dodgers, they should win over 90 games because the National League as a whole is top-heavy. They should definitely win over 90 games and be back in the playoffs again and be a force in the NL West for several years. They're not up to the Dodgers level. That's fine. No one in this league is. But they're a very, very good team, and they're the second-best team in the National League. I like it. Yep. Yeah, did they add anybody to their bullpen other than, I remember Mark Melanson. Did they do anything else? Because I, I agree with you, Ryan, that their bullpen is the one thing that is kind of a weakness because yes. their lineup is stellar. They, they went out and went crazy with starting pitching. But I don't feel like other than Melanson, I can think of a move they made. They added, so they still have Drew Pomeranz. Uh, they added someone to replace Rosenthal. Uh, Wasn't that Melanson? As their Rosenthal replacement? I, thought, no, I think but it was. I thought there was someone else. Um but as I look it up, the Padres did something, you know, and I, I've been on this train for a while. They did something that is uncharacteristic of uh, an MLB franchise to do, and that's they weren't scared of the long-term contracts. And we've seen that, you know, old-school baseball, you know, you just pay the guy whatever it takes to get him, and you accept it. We saw it with the Jason Worth, you know, contract. But – we, we've highly gotten away from that. I mean, we've seen more three, four-year deals with higher AAV, so that mm-hmm. way you're not crippled by the long-term effects. The Padres just went out and shelled, you know, 13 years to their superstar, and it wasn't the first time they did it. They did it with Eric Cosmer. They did it with Manny Machado. And, you know, you talk about A.J. Preller's comments about something sustainable. That's, you know, the definition of sustainability having those guys locked up long-term. But in addition to that, and this is the key part that I've been harping on, they've built the depth to support it. Sustainability isn't just about having one guy, one piece or a couple pieces. It's about when one guy goes down, inevitably, like it's just sports, one guy on your team that you're counting on is going to go down at some point. Do you have the pieces in place to, you know, keep the, the train going and the Padres do because they didn't stop at just Blake Snell or even Mike Clevenger they didn't stop they got Blake Snell they didn't stop there they got you Darvish they didn't stop there they got Joe Musgrove and it goes on and on and on they've really really built this thing to be sustainable and I am so so happy that there's a team like that out there to kind of like you know shift the the way the game has been yeah, because when people are successful, then the other teams copy them. And so maybe we'll see a little bit of that. Right. So, Padres you know, do something with this setup. The, the Padres, like we talked about during the World Series, the Rays being good was bad for baseball because teams are going to try to copy that. Teams are going to try to make do with $36 million payroll and some cheap prospects that perform way above their pay grade. But if the Padres are successful, that's good for baseball because it's going to encourage spending. I mean, granted, it's not going to matter because we're heading for a lockout next year anyways, but it's good for baseball. I have them about 97 wins, something around there, because, like Ryan said, the NL is so top-heavy, but even their division. They have the Dodgers, but then the rest, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Giants. None of those teams are going to be above 500. None of those teams are going to be above 75 wins, maybe not even above 70 wins. So they've got a really cake schedule for the most part. It would be nice to have a a few teams you could beat up on and we're not going to have that this year, but yeah, I, uh, I agree. Usually with... if your division doesn't have a team like that, you are the team like that. So just saying. 
That's an excellent point. Yeah, I, um, I'm putting them at 95 wins, although give or take a couple in either direction. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're the only team that's going to do anything in that division other than the Dodgers. And I think no matter what they do, they're unlikely to be able to overtake the Dodgers for the division. But they're certainly going to be in the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, it's just so fun. They're going to be an excellent team to watch as just a, a pure baseball fan. You can't help but root for a team that went out and did what they did. It's you know, I'm so impressed with the starting pitching depth because, you know, the Nats always spend on starting pitching, but there's never any depth there. I can't tell you the last time we had anybody where you lost one starting pitcher and you didn't feel like, oh, God, who's going to be in there for him? You know, it, it's neat to see that. I, uh, I'm i jealous. I'm jealous of of them going out and just getting that depth. And, and uh, I guess we'll see, like you said, it, with the Nats, they'll they'll rely on their guys. And if one guy goes down, it's then that's that. It's just going to be like Clevenger went down. That was the end. You know, right. it's going to be that. For, I think the Nats are built that way. You know, if we lose one, if, if Corbin goes down or if, if Strauss goes down, then you're just like, meh, not our year. Yeah, like if some, yeah, if one of those guys goes down, it's like, oh, we need to stay afloat until so-and-so gets back. With the Padres, it's, oh, so-and-so went down. Well, it's going to be tough when he comes back because he might not have a job because so-and-so yeah. is going to be that good. Like, we are not the same. I say we, even though I'm on the Nats side, like it's just, it's something to be applauded and they are good for baseball and everyone should be rooting for them because, you know, it's no fun when just like two or three teams are trying every year. Plus I, as I mentioned before, I actively loathe the Dodgers. So I'm definitely going to be, they'll be my, the one I'm rooting for. I still think the Dodgers are going to win the NL West, but I'll be rooting for the Padres. Yeah. They're just, you know, proven at this point. Uh, But, you know, one last point, like, great on the Padres for not only building or getting the depth, but getting it before it's too late. Because often we see guys or see teams try to get guys at the deadline when maybe they've missed out on some valuable stretches of baseball. The Padres mm-hmm. have the depth at the, at the front, so they should be ready to go for, you know, for all the, the long haul here. And if they do need anything at the deadline, they're, they're loaded for bear. Right. So exactly. They can get whatever they need. Okay. Let's talk giants. The Giants are an example of a team that has ruined the rebuild. They mismanaged what their window was. They thought they could still be competitive. They had an aging roster with a very high payroll, and they did not do much to address it. What do they have? They have a bad farm system, still a high payroll, and four consecutive losing seasons. They're in a situation where they need to figure out how to do the rebuild, so they signed Kevin Gosman. Anthony Desilfani, Alex Wood for their rotation. They also added some um, veteran relievers to help with some pretty promising young guys. They don't really have much going. Literally nothing going for the offense. Um, they did sign Nick's boy, Tommy Lestella. I was going to say, that's the uh, only that's thing it, I remember, Tommy Lestella. That's the only thing I was going to talk about. <laughs> but this was All a, I have to say. <laughs> this was like a perennial team in the National League. And now they're in purgatory they're in the worst place you could be for a team you're not competing you're not rebuilding because you screwed up and you can't do anything i have them with a ceiling of 75 wins this season yeah i'm right there with you um like they've definitely have some pieces that might be attractive at the deadline like a gosman alex wood and and so on but it's not going to be enough to net you anything substantial and it's going to be a long grueling process um 
and with the Giants, you can't really say it, they're a team that just didn't try. Like the Rockies, they were very, very close, but rather than doing something to put their team over the top, they just kind of folded. The Giants weren't like that. Obviously, they won three World Series titles at the beginning of the decade. So, you know, they they, they were there. They were proven. They, they were the team. It was never the Dodgers. It was the Giants. But like Ryan said, they really, really mismanaged it. They kept every single one of those players from that team longer than they should have. Mm-hmm. Every single one. And that's, you know. That's instructive. <laughs> that, that's really the root of my problem with some of these Nats players you know, and we've seen it, a couple of them we held on to too long uh, and not quite to the, the extent the Giants did. But, I mean, look at it. They held on to Matt Cain too long. He had like a five ERA by the time he finally retired. They held on to Mad Bum too long because he was their guy and he was all they had left. They could have netted a great trade package for him, but instead they lost him for nothing. Um, I mean, Buster Posey is really the only guy they have left that he opted out last season. So, you know, that one is what it is. But, like, they, they held on to everyone way too long. Brandon Crawford, they why do, why is Brandon Crawford still on the Giants? Why couldn't they trade him? Same thing with Brandon Belt. Why are they still on the Giants? The Giants are not going to be competitive. Trade them. Get some prospects back. Like, you can't half-ass a rebuild. It just yeah, that's no exactly sense. that's exactly what they've done. They've just, I think, I don't know if it was nostalgia, and some of it was just the contracts were so undesirable to other teams that they probably couldn't have gotten much anyway. But they just, you know, they have all of these these albatross contracts that they couldn't get rid of and or wouldn't get rid of if it was. The Giants you know. are what I am afraid is going to happen to the Nats. Granted, the Nats have someone like Juan Soto who's only 22, and they can really hang their hat on him, which the Giants didn't have. But the Giants greatly overestimated their window, held on to their guys too long, and are now in purgatory, like Ryan said. And that's my worst fear for the Nats, is that, yeah, we have, we have this window right now. I fully agree. The window is open right now. But we have to be realistic about how long it's going to stay open. Because the Nats have been successful for a long time. Yeah, only one World, World Series. But we've been a competitive team for more than 10 this, years. Yeah, 10, or 12 years. years. Something like that. Yeah. Like, that's uncommon. Look at the Red Sox. They've won, what, three, two or three World Series in the decade? And, you know, they were like three division champs in like three last place. They literally right. go back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Right. That's it's like a, whiplash being a Red Sox fan. They, sure. they are like the, you know, it, it sounds backwards, but they're kind of like the example of how these things work. You go all in, you cash in, and then you have to reset to do it again. There has to be a reset. And with the Nats, uh, like their mindset is we're contenders. We're contenders, we're contenders, we're contenders, which is fine. But if you're not doing the moves to back that up, if you're not spending money like the Dodgers are, if you're not making all these moves and trades like the Padres are, then you're just going to be stuck. And I can't watch a team that's just going to be stuck. So I'm really hoping, obviously I hope the Nats are successful. It makes my life a lot easier. But if the Nats aren't successful for whatever reason, I hope they press reset with everyone but Juan Soto. I think that uh, you make a great, this is a great comparison to what, what could be when you don't, when you don't reset when you really need to. I do hope that, you know, we've talked about this, on, I don't remember a few weeks ago in an episode where we talked about how it feels like Rizzo recognizes where they are and has structured this year's roster to be able to be sold off at the deadline if things are obviously not going to go their way. Like they they're set up to be sellers at the deadline if they need to be. 
Yeah. And uh, but we said that last year and then they did nothing. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But I do feel like he's he's recognized that it's just the way they the, the contracts are structured. It seems like they'd be attractive trade pieces if if that if it came to that. So we'll see what happens. Um, I've got the Giants at 72 wins. Um, you know, there's not much else to say that you guys haven't already said. It's, uh, you know, not a team that's going to do anything exciting at all. And, you know, eventually, I feel like they're just going to be waiting it out. They're just going to wait, wait until these contracts expire. And, you know, I don't know. I don't get it. They don't seem like they're doing anything to rebuild their farm and, and start a new run. They're just, they just kind of exist yeah. right in the middle. And there's too many teams like that. It's, it sucks. All right, let's talk about the Rockies, whom you mentioned, Nick, briefly as a team that really did get close and, you know, did was re- really good for a while and now isn't. <laughs> the Rockies. Surprisingly enough, they have a pretty good rotation. They have solid depth as well. Um, they have some pretty good arms in the rotation with your mom, Marquez, Kyle Freeland, and Antonio uh, Cincitella. Problem is, they have no offense. They trade Nolan Arenado. Mm-hmm. They said they do not have enough money to address their offense. Um, I saw they made their first addition for a first baseman on a major contract in like nine years or something. So I was like, holy crap. Um, it's basically Trevor Story, Charlie Blackman, abysmal offense, and good pitching. They are bad. They're going to be bad, and they're going to be bad for a very long time. This is another example of mismanaging a franchise and not taking advantage of a fantastic lineup that you had that was truly an elite lineup, but they ruined it. And they're gone, and Trevor Story will probably be gone and traded next. Um, Yeah, so the Rockies are going to be terrible. They do have some pretty good people to watch. Their bullpen should be interesting this year. So if you're a Rockies fan, at least you have a nice rotation to watch. But you're going to be terrible and have probably a top 10 pick again. Um, Win total? um, Same thing as Giants, ceiling of 75. That's more bullish than I am on the Rockies. All right, two parts. Two parts. Um, So one, the Rockies are what I hate about baseball. Uh, they're, I hate more, some teams more, but they, like, like we said, they got so close and rather than, you know, upping the ante and pushing their chips in, they folded. They, they paid $50 million to trade away a top 10 player in baseball. Like in what world is that? And not only that, not only did they do that, they had him locked up. It wasn't even a match. Oh, we have to pay Nolan Arenado. You already had him. Right. You already had an extension. Like, yeah, he might have opted out. And like, if that was the case, then, you know, trade him and get something. But make it a better trade than what you just traded at him for. Like, I was gave him a bowled over when that trade was announced. I couldn't believe it. Gave him away. You literally said, please take him. And he's. You know, some people are lower on him for whatever reason because of the quote-unquote Coors effect. But at worst, he's a top 15 player in baseball. I would gladly take him on the Nats. Are you kidding me? Yes. Like, oh, my God. And they're going to lose Trevor Story. They, yeah, they extend Charlie Blackman. He's going to rot there. Um, and, you know, I never thought I would ever say again, especially in 2021, that the loss of Ian Desmond would hurt a franchise. <laughs> and like hurt a team's outlook on a season but it did because this team like needed offense to replace what you're losing in Arenado, which is not easy to do and Desmond can at least provide pop 
but the fact that he's opted out a second season in a row, which I respect, by the way, kudos to Ian Desmond for you know prioritizing his his family, but you know the Rockies team is going to be hurting, and yeah, they have a fine pitching depth, but like it, it's just it's going to be all for nothing, and it really sucks to see because the you know the 2018 year I believe it was 2018 where you had the Brewers and Rockies going at it with the heavyweights and even the Braves, the Braves are new to the conversation. I'm never going to root for the Braves, but it was cool to see these new, like new, it's teams, something different, you know, new teams going at it. And, you know, you just wanted one of them to succeed and ultimately none of them did, but it's just like, now you look at 2021, just a couple of years later and all those teams, I mean, Braves included are rotting because they, the teams couldn't, you know, up the ante and like, Put their money where the math is. Second part. Second part. Sorry. Actually, Amanda, I'll let you go first, and I'll follow because this is a good conversation piece. But go ahead. Okay. Amanda. All right. Fair enough. Well, I started out when I was thinking about the Rockies. Was I, I thought to myself, who's worse than the Rockies this year? <laughs> and the list is not long. I, the Pirates? I mean, there's there's just not. I mean, they're bad. They're going to be. My win total for them is like 65, I would That's say. sixty. High. Yeah. I mean, I, that would be my ceiling. I can't see them getting any higher than that. And it really is. It's just a baseball fan. It sucks to see because I, I was gutted for their fans when I saw the Arenado trade. I could not believe it. It's bad enough to lose a guy who is so special to your franchise. And then to find out that it was essentially for nothing, that they paid $50 million to get rid of him. Like, I don't know. I just, I can't imagine it. The one thing you can say for the Nats and we bitch about the Nats, like all fans do They're like, this is a fan podcast. This isn't a journalist podcast. So, you know, we, we all have our ups and downs on how we feel about the things the Nats are doing, but at least you can say that they try, you know, they, they want to be contenders. You can argue that maybe that's not always the right decision for the future of the, the franchise, but as a fan, it's, it's important to feel like your team is at least trying to win. It would suck to be a fan of one of these teams that simply obviously doesn't care about winning. And I feel like that's where the Rockies are right now. Yep, I agree. Okay, so my conversation piece. Okay, Trevor Story, this is his last year of the contract, right, Ryan? Um, I need to double-check on that because I know he signed an extension. I can't remember the exact year that it ends. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's this year. I, I think so. Okay, but just for this hypothetical, it, it'll work either way. It should work. Okay. We all agree, we all did our rankings on this podcast, on this very great show, about shortstop. Okay? I think you know where I'm going with this. Should the Nets find themselves in a position to sell come, you know, July, whatever, August? No, I guess it's July because there's only one. Would you trade Trey Turner and get a nice, sizable haul in return knowing he's going to be 30 when you have to pay him and then go after someone like Trevor story this off season, mm. when you have max coming off the books, you have, you know, money freed up to support a second superstar while Juan Soto is going through his arbitration years. Okay. So I looked it up in his contract. He's an, he's a UFA in 2022. So this okay, is so the last year of his contract. Year. I say no because he's the same age as Trey Turner, so it's okay. kind of doing the same thing. Gotcha. All right. I didn't know. Yeah, that was the one part of the hypothetical. Was hypothetical yeah, he's 28, was right? Isn't that exactly the same age as Turner? But he's one – you get him – you know, his contract would start he's, the year he's younger. Older, he's older than Trey. Yeah, he's older than Trey. But 
I'm doing sorry. I know I'm just I'm just doing my math in my head right now. Yeah, he's older than Trey, but his contract would start a year younger than what Trey's would, right? Am I am I doing that right? So he's entering his age 29 season when he. Oh, so he would be third. Okay, never mind. So yeah, it, yeah, it would be the same, but uh, I don't know. So here's just, my just thought on that: is just if if I if it looked like the season was slipping away and we were going to be sellers at the deadline, if I were the learners, I would do everything I could to get Trey signed. I'd say, you know, we're going to try to get this guy signed to a long-term deal. And if we can't, if it's clear that he's not going to sign here, then, you know, it's just, it's a hard conversation. We talked about it when Bryce was coming up on the end of his contract was, should we have traded him away? In retrospect, yes. Would have been nice to trade. And there was a big fat package. I believe it was from the Astros that they had offered to get. And the athletics. Yeah. So, I mean, it it hurts to even think about it, but if we're not going to sign him, then yeah. I mean, it, it's it's an unfortunate part of the business, but if he's having a great year and it's clear he's not going to stay or his demands are so far beyond what the learners are willing to pay that we're not going to work it out, then, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I think that's one thing that's going to hurt the Nats at some point. I, I'm not overly concerned about it, but they didn't – they have had plenty of superstars as a part of this team, and more than likely they're not going to trade a single one of them which is usually a good indicator of good success. And we have won a World Series from it. So it's not all like for not. But, you know, even the Red Sox, which I don't really know what they're doing right now at this current point in time. I guess it's a rebuild. But they got a pretty solid piece in Alex Verdugo from Mookie Betts. And he's young and not Mookie Betts, obviously. But, you know, they got something for him. And all these teams that are selling are at least getting something, minus the Rockies and Nolan Arenado, but they're getting something for the players that are no longer on their team, whereas the Nets really haven't, and it doesn't seem like they will. So I just, I toy with that idea of just, hey, sucking one, sucking it up for one trade, biting the bullet, and getting a great prospect to replenish a sorely depleted farm system. Right. I, you can, it's not something you can just brush off, but I agree. I would re-sign Trey. But yeah, if I, that's it. A, yeah, let me, let me clarify. If... I were in charge. I would do whatever it takes to re-sign Trey. He's homegrown talent. He's he's just coming into his own. He's having the best performances of his career now, and I want him to stay in that forever. So I would re-sign him. But if you can't, if his if you're so far apart that it's clear that you're not going to come to terms, then you know get what you can get because watching yeah. him walk away for nothing, you're still losing him. At least it would hurt less if you got something in return. Yep. Okay. Just want to. Okay. Diamondbacks. So, I mean, I don't know what you can say about the Diamondbacks when your biggest offseason move is the acquisition of Azdrubal Cabrera. Well, there, what are you guys? So, the Diamondbacks underperformed in 2020. Um, they thought they were going to have a pretty good season. Um, I know they're expecting to compete for a playoff spot. They had some pretty big moves in 2019, but they underperformed, and their GM acknowledged that. He said he does think this team still, in his mind, has the building blocks of being a good competitive baseball team that is capable of making the playoffs, and we're going to start from the base position. He acknowledges that expecting a playoff berth was a little out of the reach, and that right now they're at the base of forming a playoff team, so they're slowly going to build that playoff team. They do have a pretty good they have a pretty good base. Um, they needed a back end of the bullpen, and they went out and got uh, Joe Kim Soraya, which helped bolster that big time. Um, rotation depth is still a thing. 
Robbie Ray's on, Mike Leake is gone, and Luke Weaver, Weaver struggled in 2020, so the rotation is going to be their biggest question. But when you're a young team, rotation's always your biggest question. They needed offense, and they went out and got Estrubal Cabrera, the man who just hits everywhere he goes. Hey, hey, that's World Series champion Estrubal Cabrera. Yes, it sure is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so they, they know where they are. They understand that they are at the beginning of it. They are probably the, not probably, they are the third best team in this division. They understand that, and they didn't do anything this offseason that was too drastic or ahead of where they are. I respect that. They'll probably get to 80, 82 wins because the rest of the division is pretty bad, and they will slowly build into a competitor a couple years down the road. Okay. Yeah, I've got them right at 81. Like, I've got them at 500 team. Third in the division, they've got no shot at getting anywhere near a playoff run with the Padres and the Dodgers in their division, but... They're, uh, yeah, they just, they're, they're started, at least you made a good point. They know where they are. They're, you know, didn't go out and spend a lot of money on, you know, one or two pieces that wasn't going to be enough to get them over the, over the top. So, you know, it looks like they're going to try to, to build slowly and, you know, piece at a time. So it'll be interesting to see where they are three or four years from now, but right now they're kind of a non-entity in the NL West. Agreed. Um, you know, they had a, a pleasant surprise of a season in 2019. Um, but that rotation is just like, I, I forgot about Luke Weaver, but outside of him, I can't name a single person on there, which is usually how I gauge a team's success. Um, or how many other players have I heard of? It's a pretty yeah, good, uh, yeah, pretty good way to, to judge a team, I think. So, you know, could tell Marte could bounce back and, you know, a pretty decent core could have a, a pleasant surprise of a season. So I think their ceiling is probably maybe a little higher than that of the Giants or Rockies, or maybe about the same, um, depending on what your outlook is. But if they win 80 games, I wouldn't be entirely surprised because, again, I don't know what young studs they have in the rotation. But I know, you know, from the Grinky trade, they got a ton of prospects. And, um, you know, from other moves they might have gotten. Oh, the Goldschmidt one, too, which I think is where Luke Weaver came from. But... You know, they could be a pleasant surprise, but I don't think I don't have any high hopes for them in, in 2021. So I have them about 75 wins. So it's just another team for the Padres and Dodgers to beat up on is kind of how I look at them. Yes, exactly. Pretty much. OK, well, I think that does it for our NL West preview. Um, let's go on to our last segment of the evening, which is our one big thing. And I'm going to start because I have an annoying thing that I want to share with everyone oh, is boy. that the Ty Pennington lottery commercials are the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of humanity. And I hate them intensely. And that's all. That was my one big thing. You know what the best commercials are, though? I do. Oh, I sent you up. Rocky Road, chocolate, peanut butter, cookie dough, scoop. There it is. Oh, yeah. Best commercial ever that's good my kids love it every time it comes on they like run from wherever they are in the house and start dancing it's fantastic <laughs> the other one it doesn't play as much but I, I think it's a geico commercial as well where um the you know have you seen the ones where it's like oh we have a problem with ants and it's yes their ants. but Those this one was uh yeah we have a clogging problem and it was <laughs> family of cloggers in the apartment that <laughs> one killed me for some reason uh not no, i like the fencing one actually with the neighbors Fencing's good yeah. Pipes one is not as good. They're trying too hard now. 
Yeah, that one's a little bit. No, the ants one was still maybe the best. Yeah, eh, second to clogging. I'll give you that. Second to clogging. All right. Um, my wig, one big thing is um, something that most everyone should know, but just because it came up today, you know, I feel like I need to shed light on just how good this player is. That's Mike Trout. Um, I know we already talked about the AL West, but got to bring it up because this man in all likelihood is going to have two not one, but two Hall of Fame careers. If you split his, you know, at the you know, day of his retirement, if you split his career in half, this dude is going to have two Hall of Fame careers. So the average, you know, Hall of Famer is somewhere around 65 war for your career. Mike Trout has been in 10 seasons so far, entering his age 29 season now, and he has a 74.6 war. These, these are some players he's over right now. Reggie Jackson. Frank Thomas, Jim Tomey, Larry Walker, uh, Derek Jeter, Johnny Mize, Barry Larkin, uh, Gary Carter, on and on and on. All Hall of Famers. Tim Raines, like John Smoltz, yeah, Eddie Murray, all these guys. He's already above, and all of those guys I just listed are already Hall of Famers. And this dude is still in his prime. Like, I understand it may, for some people, it may be too soon to – you know, say he is the best player that ever played, but certainly in the modern era, he is the best player to ever play. He has a higher on-pace war than Barry Bonds did. He's second in, you know, if you pace out his war per season, he's second to only Babe Ruth, who, you know, is one of the all-time greats, but he played in a much different era than what we're seeing today. So that could really swing the argument to Mike Trout. And I understand his career is going to rot in Anaheim, and it sucks. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It's a crime against baseball but, that his career will be spent in But Anaheim. it is not his fault. One player cannot, especially a, a position player, cannot determine the outcome on a team that much. And war is literally wins above replacement. So he is literally doing his best to add 10 wins in his prime, 10 wins to an already bad Angels. <laughs> so absurd. He cannot do it himself. And the Angels have, you want to talk about a mismanaged franchise, the Angels are the epitome of it. They have can the you imagine player. if he had been, if he had wound up on a team like the Dodgers that was willing to spend and willing to do what it takes to win? I mean, can you imagine what his career could have been? I, I appreciate him wanting to spend his career with the Angels, and I think it's awesome. And, like, the Angels, it's not, like, for lack of spending on the Angels' part. They just spend it in the wrong areas, and they don't spend enough, and they don't care about it, all the um, holes enough to, to address. But just, like, I wouldn't have made I wouldn't have signed that contract. Yeah, it's record-breaking. But literally, there's probably 15 other teams in baseball that would have given him the exact same contract, if not more. Yeah, agreed. So. All right, Ryan, what's your big thing? I fully expected you, Amanda, to say that your one big thing was that you can't watch games on mass and you're going to complain about that. So I'm a little she surprised didn't, you did She didn't complain about that or the double red jerseys on the first game. I, know, I was I, very surprised. Well, I was listening on the radio, so it didn't bother me, although I did see it later and think it was absurd. But, but yeah, Masson sucks a fat one. They're the worst. <laughs> F you, Masson, if you're listening. You should be listening to this because we're covering the Nats better than you are. Facts. Um, yes, yeah, so my one big thing is I'm not a big spring training guy. I'm just not a preseason sport guy in general. I think preseason sports are rather unwatchable and very boring. 
especially the, I don't know, it's just baseball is like, it's a month long, man. And like the season's long, I just can't get into it. But my one big thing is I am very happy that baseball's back. And I'm happy that there are so many baseball videos on my feed. I like seeing how guys are doing. I will not watch the games, but I like seeing the workouts and the practice videos. And it's so great that I have baseball content again. Amen, brother. Yeah. Anything that just, it's just to me, you're right about preseason sports are boring and served for baseball that I'll watch or listen to any, any kind of baseball content I can get. All right. We got anything else before we get out of here? No, that's what that's, that's all I had. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. As always, we appreciate you. Make sure you follow the show at halfstreethighheat.com and you can get, I'm sorry, halfstreethighheat at, on Twitter. <laughs> sorry, it's late, okay? It's past my bedtime. Anyway, you can find all of our individual Twitter handles there as well and make sure you check out the website at halfstreethighheat.com and check out the YouTube channel at The Rundown with Half Street High Heat. We will have more content for you on the website um, as we always do and we will catch up with y'all in a couple days. Scoop, there it is. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team's mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the calls has passed the wall to see you later. Let's go Nats. We've got a game to play. We're gonna win today. Let's By the early light of dawn, well you can see they're running scared Cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air Tell the Library of Congress that they might not want to look Cause we're putting curly W's in every book Let's go Nats We've got a game to play, we're gonna win today Let's go The 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.